Hi, welcome to the Bucko Fever Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Franson. Uh, thanks for giving me a listen today. I appreciate it. Um, you know, today's, this episode's going to be, um, I guess, a, a second half of the season preview type episode. Um, I normally do a week in review. Last week, I was a little late with the week in review because I was doing, I wanted to wait for the draft to wrap up. And, um, this week, there's only, there was only a couple games. <laughs> now, they were a fine uh, couple games there over the weekend against the Mets. Um, but um, I might talk about those a little bit. But really, I want to look at like what I want to see um, and what, what I hope to see, at least some of it anyway, <laughs> in the second half of the season for the Pirates. Um, there's a lot that's going to change for them, I think, or potentially could change for them, um, in the coming weeks, um, you know, they're in the middle of, they're just coming in, you know, the season, there's still a lot of baseball left to play, but really, they've got to be moving on and thinking a lot about, um, the offseason already, uh, they have a lot of decisions to make, um, there's a big roster crunch, uh, a lot of top prospects are going to be pushing to be on that 40-man roster so they can, uh, be protected from the from the Rule Five draft, um, so they've got to be evaluating guys. And I, I've talked about it like well, probably almost every episode. I mentioned this is an evaluation year, um, and I think we we've hit that point where we're gonna. I, I think we should see some some decisions being made, and we kind of already already have a little bit. Um, and I'll talk about that here um, as we go, but. Um, yeah, I just want to take a look and, and, you know, talk about what I want to see, what I hope they do um, moving forward as we approach the trade deadline and uh, beyond. So, but before we do any of that, let's have a message from our sponsor, uh, Anchor. So, since the All-Star break um, has come and gone, uh, you know, we're looking at midway. Um, into the season. So a couple months left here. Uh, what do I want to see? I'd like to see them continue to pull out some ball games, play some, some fun ball, um, just like we saw um, last weekend against the Mets. Uh, you know, tough loss on Sunday, um, but ultimately uh, it, those were fun games. The walk-off Grand Slam from uh, Stallings is just possibly the best win of the year uh, for the Pirates. So, I mean, it, that was always fun. But um, second half of the season normally brings changes. Uh, and I, I don't think this year is going to be any different. If anything, I think this could be an extreme <laughs> second half of the season um, as far as the, the changes go for the Pirates. Um, and then again, it may not. As you know, if you've paid any attention to Twitter um, this year or um, followed, uh, you know, anybody on Twitter, anybody on social media, MLB trade rumors, anything like that, you know, the Pirates are, 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 are widely thought of as sellers. And that's accurate. Um, trade deadlines coming up. What does that mean for the Pirates? Um, 
it means there, there's there's going to be some turnover. Um, they have some guys that, you know, I've talked about, everybody talks about on any of the uh, social media or any other, the Pirates uh, blogs or uh, podcasts. They have some guys that are worth um, trading and, and, and could bring in a good return. Um, and guys that you're kind of at that point where the value isn't really going to go up in the offseason. Um, so kind of kind of strike while the iron's hot, per se. And, you know, take advantage of the situation. And uh, the Pirates really have three guys that kind of fall into that category. The first one that they have to really kind of have to trade is Tyler Anderson. He's a rental free agent after the season. Um, they've got to get something out of him. Uh, and, I, and with the way he's pitched, he, he could bring back a, a decent return. You know, one or two prospects um, that could help in the future. When you, you know, Tyler, like I said, rental, he's not coming back next year unless they re-sign him, which I'd be okay with. Um, but, you know, who knows? what happens there. Um, I think he'll definitely command more than his, what he got, two and a half million um, that the Pirates are paying him this year. Pretty good bargain there. Uh, that was like a great signing by, by Ben Sherrington. Uh, he's the only rental, really, that, that would get um, any kind of return. They have a, like, Trevor Cahill's hurt, so you don't really... I doubt he'll be traded. Um, and um, Jason Shreve, I think, could be traded. I'm not sure what he brings you in return, but he's also a Reynolds. So, uh, you know, left-handed re- relievers, people like to have them. <laughs> Teams like those guys. Uh, Shreve's done pretty well this year. Um, so, again, he could be... Uh, traded as well, but I'm not really looking at a big return for him. Maybe he's a throw-in um, with a tr- Tyler Anderson to maybe get a better prospect, but who knows. The second guy that they kind of are at the point where they have to trade him is Adam Frazier. Um, Frazier is having a career year. He's having one of the one of the best seasons of, of anybody in, in baseball at the moment. You know, just absolutely the poster boy for consistency. Like, he just, day in and day out, God just hits. Um, he's going to be a, he's going to bring back two, maybe three uh, pretty good prospects. Um, they don't have to trade him, but they're at that point where, you know, he has another year of control left. Um, if a team were to get him now, they would also have him for next year. So he'd finish out the season and then another season on top of that. That's um, pretty good value. Um, so they're going to they're gonna problem. I, I would assume they move him. And then Richard Rodriguez is the other one. Richard Rodriguez's value is probably never going to be higher. Um, he has a few years left to team control. Um, he's relatively cheap, and he's one of the most effective relievers in baseball. Um, I've talked about it before. 
relievers for me are some of the hardest, um, it's one of the hardest positions to rely on. Um, yeah, there are a handful of guys that just are consistent from day one till the day they're, they're done. Um, otherwise, you know, the shelf life for relievers is very short. Um, even the ones that they'll have a couple good years, eventually they're going to either get hurt or drop off. Um, with the, with the way, uh, Rodriguez has pitched the last couple years and, and this year as well. And considering the, the extra years of control, um, ability through, you know, arbitration, he, he probably has a big a market as Adam Frazier at this point. Um, there isn't a bullpen among all the contenders that couldn't use Richard Rodriguez. So those are the three. And they don't have to trade Rich Rod. They don't. They could keep him, look at look to deal him in the offseason, keep him around next year, still will have some value, but I don't think it, like, increases. Um, I think the fact that he has those years of control, you got to move him. So um, those are the three with a little mention of Chase and Shreve in there, that I, I think the, the Pirates are at the point where they kind of have to trade him. People are kind of split on um, Adam Frazier. Some people want him extended. Some people want him, you know, to look, hold on to him. Extending him at his age would put him into his mid-30s by the time the Pirates are, um, you know, in that hopefully in that contention mode he's not probably not going to be a factor for them at that point um so you know that it from for me it makes way more sense to trade him um initially on a on a previous podcast um i would love i would have loved to have seen ben sherrington just trade anybody that wasn't like pulled it down anybody that anybody had any any other team had any kind of uh, interest in uh, I would love to see like a, just a massive um, mass exodus um, off this roster you know trade like most of the pen um, Frazier uh, Stallings <laughs> even like entertain that one, um, Tyler Anderson, like I mentioned, um, cool, maybe even Brubaker. Like I'd love to see those like eight or nine deals happen to, to where the influx of talent is just ridiculous. I don't think that's going to happen. Obviously, um, I think that the Pirates have had some guys you know get hurt that they would have liked to have maybe dealt. I think they've had one big one who looked good to start and then really kind of fell off to the point where uh, he was DFA'd, and that's Kyle Crick. Uh, I was really shocked that they DFA'd him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that they end up trading him, maybe for cash, maybe for some you know low-level... Uh, prospect guy, um, 
but I was really kind of surprised. Now, he, he, I don't want to say he didn't deserve it. Um, you know, he is was hurt, banged up uh, here and there this year, but was really inconsistent. His last few outings were painful to watch. Um, and you saw, like, you know, he, he wasn't getting called on for those eighth innings. Um, you know, David Bednar jumped him. So it, it makes sense. Earlier in the season, I would have loved to have seen them uh, be able to get something for Kyle Crick, but here we are. Um, the problem with my dream scenario of, of trading you know, eight or nine guys is the Pirates are already kind of in a beginning of a roster crunch. Their 40-man roster right now is full, of course. Um, and when you look at the roster, like, you can see guys that will leave via free agency at the end of the year or be traded off. Um, there's a couple guys on there that you can clearly... Um, label as DFA candidates. However, the Pirates have to clear a lot of roster space in order to save some big prospects like Tanaj Thomas from possibly going elsewhere in the Rule 5 draft. So if they were to trade all those guys they would have to make sure that the focus pretty much only be on low level guys who still have years left before they have to go on the 40 man now this isn't a bad problem to have Um, you know having having a lot of young talent really pushing Um, they have some guys that they didn't protect in the past years that have now come of age enough like uh, Santiago Flores um, a guy like that who they kind of, they didn't protect before, but now where he is age-wise could very well be claimed. Um, just as the Pirates took Jose Soriano and, um, you know, got Oviedo, Oviedo through the, the Rule 5 process. Um, you know, those are guys that are in danger of, uh, like Flores and, and Tanaj Thomas and guys like that are in danger of being stuffed away, claimed, or picked, stuffed away in a bullpen for a year, and then you lost them. Um, so they, if, they, if they made a bunch of trades, they're really going to have to take that into account. Um, one thing they could always do is take one of those prospects um, and flip them, you know, trade them for younger level prospects or something like that. Um, trade somebody that they see they don't necessarily see as um, a big piece of the future. Now, a lot of these guys are very good. (laughs) A lot of them are, you know, in top 10, 15, 20, 30 prospect lists. Um, So, obviously, they do see those guys as part of the future. But, you know, if there's a a logjam at one position, eh, maybe you look to, to flip one. Um, you know, in the offseason. You know, think back to when Neil Huntington traded um, Alex Dickerson for uh, a couple guys from uh, 
San Diego, or even the Max Moroff, uh, Jordan Luplo deal. Now, those guys weren't top-level talent, but they were hogging up spots on the 40-man, and they were able to flip them for, um, well, Eric Gonzalez, but also two really young uh, prospects. So those type of deals could happen. Um, so bringing in a bunch of guys would complicate <laughs> that whole process. I don't think that I don't think that means that Ben Sherrington shies away from that. Uh, I think that that's again a good problem to have. You can never have too much young talent. Uh, yes, you may lose one here or there in the Rule Five, um, but you know, hopefully you don't. <laughs> um, but like the the Pirates um, for the rest of this season. And I've said, like I said in the opening there, and I've said before, this is an evaluation year. Like, they are really looking at um, everybody in their organization, seeing who is, uh, who could be part of the future, who's probably not part of the future, who definitely isn't part of the future. And I think we're going to see a lot of those guys get weeded out. Um, over the next coming weeks, whether it be through the minor trades like they've done with uh, Troy Stokes um, and um, uh, Kevin Kramer, guys like that that you know aren't going to pan out. They still have some value. They're still uh, okay AAA-level guys. Um, provide some other organization with some some emergency depth there, uh, but um, but really this this roster, like if I'm looking at it now, they have a lot of guys on the sixty man or the sixty day IL that are going to have to be activated. So if I'm looking at this. You know, you the pirates real like realistically might need to uh, claim to clear off at least like nine spots, uh, and that's going to be tough. Figure Tyler Anderson gone, right? Whether it be via trade or via free agency, that's a roster spot. However, you know, even though Blake Cedarland's hurt and not going to pitch again until next year, he's got to come off the IL at the end of the season. So he will essentially take that roster spot, right? Um, Bednar is going to stick. Brault's got to come back from the, the IL here at some point. Um, Brubaker probably isn't going anywhere. Cahill's got to come back from the IL. So right there, they have to clear two spots just for those guys before the season ends, when, when, you know, when they're healthy and when they come back. Um, like continuing to look at their roster, I, I, I think, um, I think when Brawl comes back, the one guy who might be kind of in jeopardy of losing his spot, um, would be Chase DeYoung. Uh, Chase DeYoung has been okay as a, for the Pirates, uh, rotation, but, Ultimately, like, he's been getting hit pretty hard. His numbers aren't good. Um, he had a couple nice starts. But, I mean, really, the guy... Uh, ZRA is 577. 
Uh, he's pitched 43 innings, 43 and two-thirds innings, giving up 28 earned runs. Um, he's given up 49 hits, so his whip is 1.56. He's walked 19, struck out 39. Those aren't great numbers, and you got to figure Stephen Brault can do better than that, or at least no worse. So that's who I think, and he would need DFA. So, you know, if you could find a team that would be interested in taking him off your hands, you might do it, even if it's, you know, for cash or just a really low-level lottery ticket. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, but I think he's one guy that could be cleared off. Let's say they do that, and Brawl takes his spot. So... Cahill's still going to be there. Honestly, I would pers- I, personally, I would just activate Cahill and, and release him, but I don't know that they'll do that. So the next logical person to people to kind of look at clearing spots um, for him, I mean, you could DFA any number of these pitchers, like Cody Pounce, uh, Dylan Peters, who they just got, for some reason. Uh, Nick Mears, you could probably DFA. He throws hard, but he really hasn't been very consistent this year. Um, Kyle Keller is another one that they could could DFA for, uh, for Cahill. Um, but Cahill's going to be gone at the end of the year. So that will eventually free up one roster spot. So I think at this point we're to like one roster spot. And all this is assuming that in the trades they make, they don't bring anybody in that needs protected, right? Um, I think guys like Austin Davis, I think Austin Davis has kind of earned his place on this roster. Um, he's pitched pretty well since coming off um, the injured list. Um, you know, this year's a 1-4-2 ERA. Only a six and a third inning, nine strikeouts. But that's a pretty good ERA, 0.63 whip. Uh, he's having a nice little year, so he could be a piece moving forward um, for the Pirates in the pen. Clay Holmes, I don't think he's going anywhere unless they trade him. Um, Sam Howard um, is currently hurt, but he's only on the 10-man, so he'll just come back on the roster at some point. Kyle Keller, I think he's a DFA candidate. Um, Mitch Keller is in the minors. They're not going to DFA him yet. Kranich, same, you know, he's probably going to be in the rotation next year. Chad Cool. Chad Cool's pitched pretty well since coming off the IL. His last start was a little rough. Um, I think they could find a trade partner uh, for Cool. I don't know what they're going to get out of him um, or what they are okay with getting out of him. So, like, it's not a guy you want to necessarily give away because he does give you starting pitching depth. Um, I don't mind the idea of maybe moving Cool to the pen next year um, to, you know, keep him around on this team. Um, But I'd also be okay if they they traded him. Uh, But I don't think he's a DFA candidate uh, unless – Unless, you know, they don't trade him and he struggles the rest of the season, um, he could be a non-tender guy. Could be. Uh, again, I, I still kind of think he has a little bit of value, but I don't know how much. 
Uh, Nick Mears is a DFA candidate. He has not done well this year. Um, he's a good story, you know, undrafted guy, rocketed through the minors. But, again, he hasn't done well this year. So you could DFA him and maybe keep him around. He throws hard enough that somebody might take a flyer on him, but um, who knows. Uh, Oviedo. Oviedo um, will be on the 40-man. Um, I don't, you know, once he comes off the I.L., it's only the 10 dayers. So they don't really have to clear a spot for that. Um, he, he'll be optioned next year, I'm assuming, to some level of the minors to continue his development. Dylan Peters, guy they picked up yesterday. Um, I, he's a DFA candidate. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure what the draw for, for Peters was. Maybe just, you know, another lefty. You know, uh, unless there's a you know deal in the works or something, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't get the the claim at all. His numbers aren't great. I read something that said that he's been a lot better this year and gotten some things ironed out. Um, so like his season numbers in AAA this year aren't um, aren't necessarily the worst, uh, but they're not really great either. And eight. Eight games started, 435 ERA, um, 41 in the thirds innings, 47 hits, uh, 20 earned runs. It's given up 12 home runs, 13 walks, 48 strikeouts. So the walks aren't bad, but that whip is still 145. Opponents are hitting 285 against him. So I don't really get this one. Um, so I think he's definitely um, a a DFA candidate at some point this season or in the offseason. Cody, Cody Ponce, Cody Ponce, Pounce, Ponce, however you say his last name. Um, I like Cody Ponce, but he really hasn't had a good year. Um, he's a fifth starter probably at best. Uh, probably a better bullpen guy, but uh, I... I could see him also being a DFA candidate. If they get to that point where they need to clear a roster spot, he's definitely in, in jeopardy there. Rich Rod, he'll probably be traded. That'll clear a spot. Jason Shree will leave via free agency or traded. That'll clear a spot. Uh, Jose Soriano, they're going to have to bring back from the, six, uh, from the 60-day IL. Um, he very well could... Uh, uh, he'll come back. I don't know what they'll do with him. You know, do you wait it out? I mean, at this point, they definitely are uh, for the season anyway. So we'll see what happens with him. Because uh, he's, uh, you know, just had Tommy John again. He's not going to pitch for a while. So uh, Chris Stratton. Uh, Chris Stratton could be a uh, trade candidate. You know, he's pitched pretty well. This year, um, got off to a slow start, but really came on. Uh, I could see him being traded. That'll clear a roster spot, maybe even in the offseason. Uh, I don't think he's a DF. I don't think he's a non-tender guy because he is pitched pretty well and does have some value. But, you know, he could be if they really need to clear a spot. Uh, Dwayne Underwood Jr., I don't think he's going anywhere unless he's traded. Uh, but I think ultimately they'll, they'll keep him around. And then, of course... Uh, Miguel Yajure isn't going anywhere. He's going to be 
in the rotation next year, most likely. So, um, so in this, um, just in pitching, you can probably clear, uh, four or five spots, um, without really losing anything. Now, a lot of this, again, depends on what they get out of Tyler Anderson in a trade. You know, if, if they bring back a couple guys that need to also be protected, you know, that clogs things up a little more. Um, but there's definitely guys on here that could be, could be DFA'd. Um, the problem with there is if you DFA that many pitchers, um, you better have guys that are ready to move in. Uh, and I don't necessarily know that the Pirates have that. So you can get rid of these more experienced, underperforming guys. Um, but then you're having young, inexperienced guys uh, who you could hurt. You know, you're not going to force them in here. You're not going to take Tanaj Thomas, who's pitch, pitching in A-ball, um, and force him into the bullpen spot in, in the big leagues because he's on the 40, man. Like, you're going to have to have guys that you're okay with just sitting on and waiting to develop. Um, uh, the rest of the team, like, Michael Perez could be DFA'd. Uh, I, I think you could DFA him, sign a couple minor league free agents, maybe pick up a catcher in a trade. But if you need to, you, he's a guy uh, you could clear uh, off the roster. Um, he hasn't been great. He's got some pop, but overall, you know, hasn't been great this year. They got a lot of infielders on this roster. Uh, Castro's not going anywhere. Cruz isn't going anywhere. Frazier traded, depending on what they get back. Um, you know, that could be interesting as to, you know, how that complicates the roster a little more. Uh, Eric Gonzalez is on the IL right now only a 10 day so uh, I think he very well could be DFA'd um, I thought he should have probably been DFA'd last year but they kept him around and we got another year of Eric Gonzalez so um, I think he's likely to be DFA'd Hayes isn't going anywhere Moran um, I, I'm interested to see what happens with Moran I haven't really gotten a whole um um, a whole lot of uh, uh, insight as to how long he's going to be out uh, with the way Nagowski is hitting. Um, do you platoon him when they come when when uh, Moran comes back? I don't know. Um, Nagowski's going to cool off. Like he's not going to keep this up, most likely. Um, so. Um, do you trade Moran and just, you know, have Nagowski around as your first baseman? Is, are you going to be deep enough? Are you going to be, is your roster going to have enough major league talent on it next year? Uh, or, you know, in the off season to warrant carrying two guys that can really only play first base. I don't know. Um, Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman very well could be DFA'd. He offensively has not been good this year, which is unfortunate. With the spring he had, 
really was hoping for something big there and got nothing. So we'll see what happens with Newman, but he very well could be DFA'd. Um, non-tendered at some point. You know, uh, Nagowski, who knows? You know, again, what does he do the rest of the season? If, you know, he totally just drops off, yeah, he's a non-tender candidate. Um, because if you keep Moran around, I don't know if the Pirates can afford to have two straight-up first basements on the roster. Cole Tucker. Cole Tucker's another one that could be DFA'd. And I wouldn't be surprised Cole Tucker gets DFA'd before the season's out. Uh, with some of these guys that are going to be coming back off uh, the 60-man IL, uh, I really think Tucker's in jeopardy here. Um, I don't think anybody would necessarily claim him. I think he'll could stick with the Pirates. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens with Tucker. Uh, it's a shame. I, I like the kid. I, I've said it before. He's got great attitude. Um, just has fun playing ball. But he's just lost at the plate. And that doesn't do anybody any good. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> we get to the outfield. The outfield's weird <laughs> for the Pirates. Um, Wilmer Defoe, listen, is an outfielder here. You know, super utility guy. I think he could be around next year instead of Eric Gonzalez. I would hands down take Wilmer Defoe over Eric Gonzalez every day of the week at this point. Um, I don't think Defoe's going anywhere. I really don't. The one guy who I really championed earlier in the year who has really let me down <laughs> is Phil Evans. Um, you know, Phil Evans last year and then the start of this year was just hitting everything he could and then just a massive drop off in production he's been hurt but still has never really come back to anywhere close to the production that we had i would even take you know doesn't even have to do what he was doing when he was on fire just do something um so yeah uh, i think phil evans very well could be dfa ben gamble um, I think Ben Gamble's earned himself a spot on this team, unless he's traded, which he's playing well enough that somebody might want a fourth outfielder. Um, but I think Gamble has earned a spot on this team. Um, the outfield's thin. Um, you don't really have... You have guys coming, but they're still in double A. Um, and that lead, you know, that... You know, Swaggerty should be back next year, but he's probably going to need time in... in in uh, AAA to, to to get some reps in. So, you know, why not? Gamble's been great for them this year. So I got another year arbitration. Let's you trade him, keep him around. Jared Oliva, he'll be around. Um, still kind of w- waiting for him. He hasn't gotten a whole lot of playing time, but would like to see him hit more. Um, before I get excited about having Jared Oliver as another option in the outfield. Um, Polanco, he's going to be gone via free agency. Like, this is the last year we'll see Polanco um, in the big leagues for the Pirates. Um, then, uh, of course, Brian Reynolds. He's going to be around. Unless they get absolutely blown away by a trade offer, but even that, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna trade Brian Reynolds, uh, at least not this year. You know, 
as other prospects develop and talent starts to show itself and you have a better feel for what you have. Um, Brian Reynolds is one of the, the best hitters in baseball right now. Um, you can't. They're not going to trade him. Um, and then on the bottom of that list, there's Kai Tom. On the 10-day IL, I think when he's back, I think he's... I really don't... I, I can't see him finishing the year here. Um, I can't. I mean, he just doesn't... He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he, he brings, like, really no value to this roster. Um, he walks, kind of. Um, <laughs> but he has, doesn't do much of anything else. Not great defensively. Um... It's not super fast. Like, I don't know what the draw is at this point other than, you know, he's hurt. So you're not going to cut him when he's hurt. Um, but they have a lot of 40-man spots to fill, to, to figure out. And uh, the deadline is either going to make that easier or more, way more complicated depending on what they get back. Um, but that's one of the things I really want to see this year and for the rest of the second half of the season is I want to watch how this roster starts to take form. Um, if we see a guy like uh, Braden Ogle come up to the big leagues, I tend to believe that that means they feel like they could keep him on the 40-man um, and want to protect him for next year. I think anybody in AAA that they feel warrants being on the 40-man, which truthfully probably isn't a whole lot, uh, especially guys that aren't already on it. Um, but you might see a reliever or two, and they could very easily, if they come up and struggle, just be DFA'd um, at the end of the season or right then and there. So uh, that's one of the storylines that I want to see uh, unfold as the season goes on. I really just want to see what the plan is and how the roster may start taking shape and what it may look like um, heading into 2022. So, like, it's the big league roster and the, they're, and the 40 men that already exist that they're really going to have to take a look at. Um, you know, there's guys that are going to need moved, like I said. Uh, but it leads us to, to look at the minor league system. Um, you know, Triple A doesn't have too many guys that are on the 40-man roster. You've got Dylan Peters, uh, well, Mitch Keller, Dylan Peters, Brawled is technically there, but he's rehabbing. Um, Oviedo, uh, Cody Ponce, Yahure, Tucker, and that's it. Like, that's not very many for a for a AAA team. They have a lot of guys here. They're fringe prospects, probably relievers at best. Um, the, the problem with this is that they have this whole roster here of, you know, almost the whole roster of guys that they don't, that, that could have been protected already that weren't, that went unclaimed. Does that mean that they're not good prospects? 
I mean, kind of. Uh, <laughs> uh, it means that, you know, there's something there. I, I think Brandon Ogle, or Braden Ogle could be a good um, bullpen piece. I think Shea Spitzbarth might be a good uh, bullpen piece down the road. Um, maybe Bo Salser, he's shown some... Um, He's had some really good starts for them. I don't think he is a, a long-term starting option. Um, you know, are they going to add him to the 40-man? Are they going to risk losing him if they don't? Probably probably not. Um, you know, he's 27 years old. Um, no major league experience at this point. Um, so, uh, it's hard to tell. Um, the, pro- the thing that the Pirates are going to have to deal with with this roster is the fact that they have better guys pushing. They have better guys in Altoona. Uh, and they've already they already started kind of moving these guys, some of these guys, off, right? So, like, Kevin Kramer got traded. Troy Stokes Jr. got traded. Uh, Gustave got, you know, lumped in there with uh, Stokes. What did they get out of that? They got a um, a lottery ticket, seventeen year old kid, uh, catcher, and they got a um, a double A reliever, uh, Nathan Kirby, who you know if it wasn't for injuries, may be in the big leagues by now. He was second round pick by the Brewers. I mean, he very well could be something at some point. But they have this roster. Right, um, and it is full of guys who have had shots and weren't able to do anything with those shots. You know, Tyler Bashlor. Um, you know, you have guys like Shelby Miller is now on the team. Um, James Marvel. Um, D. Strange Gordon. That's one I, I, I mean I, I get it I guess in a way, but, you know, why? Why not just promote Castro? Castro, you're fine with bringing up to the big leagues in a pinch. Done it twice this year. Why, when you send him back down, do you send him back down to Double A? Unless it's just you know I again could be just the plan that they have. Um, but the outfield there. You know, you have Anthony Alford, who, if you look just at box scores, he's hitting up over 300. He's also striking out a ton. Um, Chris Sharp has started off well, really has not had a great season. Uh, Bly Madris, uh, who knows? You know, out of necessity and because they didn't have space uh, in uh, some of the other levels, they decided to promote uh, Fabricio Macias straight from A ball right up to Triple A. Um, so, I mean, these guys, a lot of these guys aren't pieces to a successful future, um, they're placeholders. So I really think in the next week and a half, we could see a couple of these guys get dealt. Um, 
I would think somebody might take a flyer. Somebody who's short on outfield help might take a flyer on Anthony Alford. What would you get out of him? Not much. Not much at all. But you could get the similar type of return that you got for Kevin Kramer. You know, guy with major league experience who just didn't ever really put it together in the big leagues. Not a huge sample size. Like, not like they spent a whole season there or anything like that. Um, you know, once a highly touted prospect, somebody will take a shot of that. You know, maybe you can t- turn Anthony Alford into a low-level guy. You know, turn him into that another, you know, 17-year-old prospect. Somebody that, you know, lottery tickets. Um, so, I'm... For the second half of the season, I'm, I'm really... Uh, I'm really wondering, like, what this Indianapolis Indians roster is going to look like um, starting at August 1st. I wonder how much will change. Uh, you know, if the Pirates trade a bunch of guys from the big league roster, they're probably going to see some of these guys here um, come up. Uh, you know, they have all these veterans here. Shelby Miller, I think he's getting his first start tonight. Um, you know, he might... Somebody might want him cheap. Stephen Wright is another one. Um, D. Strange Gordon. Alford. I would say Fowler, but Fowler's still hurt, so um, I don't think he's going there. Tanner Anderson. You know, somebody might take a flyer on uh, Tyler Anderson, Tyler Bachelor. Probably, maybe, probably not. (laughs) Probably not. But uh, you never know. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, You know, this team is, uh, prospect-wise, lower levels are, they're heavier, parts are heavier on the bottom. Uh, Light on top. And that's what, you know, we're looking at here. So, like, you know, they they have the, not only the roster crunch, you know, we'll see how they uh, work some things out. Um between now and, and the Rule 5 draft. Um, see who they cut, who they trade, all that. Um, so they're not only thinking ahead of that, but they have all these guys here in AAA that are just taking up roster spots. Altoona has a bunch of guys that could you know you could easily say their a promotion for them is justified you know Mason Martin yeah he strikes out a bunch um, he'll probably strike out a bunch in Indy he'll probably strike out a bunch when he makes the majors but he's also getting better there um, he's hitting when he hits you know it, he's hitting really well um Guys like Cal Mitchell, who's had a really solid season. Uh, of course, Castro. Um, O'Neill Cruz, when he when he's healthy. Canon uh, uh, Smith and Jigba, another one. You know, there he's having a pretty good year. You can you could justify all of them, and and you add Contreras onto that. Um, Maybe one of their relievers, 
Uh, Hunter Stratton's had a pretty good year. Um, you know, they have guys that can move up and who are higher ceiling guys, higher upside guys than like Tyler Bachelor is at his ceiling. Can't Tanner Anderson is probably at his ceiling. He could float between the big leagues and AAA for the rest of his career. He could be a bullpen piece in the big leagues. Um, but, you know, who, who knows? A lot of these guys we know. Like, we know what Tyler Anderson can do. We saw him in Pittsburgh, and he, we, we have enough data on Tyler, Tanner Anderson that we know, um, you know, generally what we're going to, what you'll get out of him if you put him in a big league bullpen. Um, guys like James Marvel. I mean, I feel like we know what James Marvel can do in the big leagues. Small sample size, but we saw, a, we saw him up. Um, we've seen what he can do in AAA. He doesn't dominate AAA. He's serviceable. Um, so I, I think that you're going to see more of those little trades or just guys that just, just walk because they have to start looking at this roster, not only for guys to be promoted now, but guys that will start there next season. Um, you know, are you going to hold on to Matt Eckelman? You know, is Matt Eckelman part of your future? I mean, you need depth. I'm not saying cut all these guys because you can't really start totally from scratch. You're not going to promote the whole double-A roster right up to triple-A. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Make everything easier. <coughs> but that's not going to happen. And for a guy like Eckelman, uh, he's really not having that great of a year. You know, 528 ERA in 16 games, uh, 30 and two-thirds innings pitched. 18 earned runs. Uh, he's going to have seven home runs. Opponents are hitting 314 against him. That's not. That's not good. Like, that's not going to get you a promotion, um, unless you're Nick Mears and you just happen to be on the 40 man roster because of necessity last year. Um, you know, threw hard enough. You know, he was a last resort. You know, you brought him up, struggled but still throws really hard. Has struggled at AAA, but still throws really hard. You don't really want to give up on him yet because, you know, he's he's at a level that, <coughs> excuse me, he probably shouldn't be. Right? He should probably be a AA, but due to the fact that, you know, he got, uh, because of, you know, COVID and, you know, not having the full modern system at your disposal, you know, he got promoted last year and on the had to be kept on the 40-man. Throws hard enough that they don't want to DFA him. Uh, they might. You know, he's going to be... He's probably going to get a, a long look here in the big leagues at some point. You know, if they trade Rich Rod and maybe one or two other bullpen pieces, they're going to need to fill that with somebody. I mean, he's already up. He's been up and down several times this year. He's already there. But I want to see more of... I want to see the minor league roster shake up. I want to see the guys that are hitting and the guys that are playing well. I look to be, you know, developing and on track. Um, I'd like to see them get promoted. 
Like, that's another thing I'm really looking forward to in, in the second half of the season. See who ends up where. I want to see where these draft picks go. Like, where do they send Henry Davis? I'm sure, you know, he's going to go down to Florida. Uh, but when he, you know, gets some reps in there, where are they going to put him? <coughs> Excuse me. Is Greensboro out of the question? <coughs> I'm going to say no. Kid's a college player. Advanced. Um, you know, first overall pick in the draft. You know, start him writing Greensboro. So, I mean, it, it's a lot of stuff. I want to see where all these guys sign. They, you know, they did just sign Solomito. Um Interesting enough, um, the Pirates... Uh, one of their later round draft picks, one of the guys that it looked like um, they might have to spend some extra money on to get to sign. Um, <laughs> he just started following random Pittsburgh uh, Pirates um, media folks uh, yesterday, bloggers and, and whatnot, including myself. Um, which was uh, kind of interesting because it hadn't really uh, hadn't really heard him um, hadn't really heard any news on him uh, anyway about you know whether or not uh, where he stood as far as signing at least none that I saw anyway um, and that was uh, Daniel Corona Corona appeared on some of the top prospect lists. Um, not like at the top, but he, you know, in the hundreds, you know, 200 somewhere in there um, on some of them. And, and, you know, being able to pull him in as a high school shortstop, uh, scouts, you know, like him. He's got tools. Um, so, uh, you know, he started following me and several others. That's kind of cool. So maybe they're landing him. But we still have to see, you know, Lonnie White, Bubba Chandler, Kellington, all those guys, and see where they go. Uh, Braylon Bishop is another one late that they might, you know, be able to to, to pull in. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's – there's a – I mean, even outside of the games left to play, there's so much that could happen and so many things that, that I want to see and really focus on the rest of the season – Yes, I want the Pirates to continue to, to play good baseball. Um, they're struggling this week uh, with Arizona. But I know also that the Pirates are probably going to get a top five pick next year. Uh, I'm kind of okay with that at this point. <laughs> really. Uh, I, knowing what they have on the field, knowing what they have coming up, knew, knowing all this to start the season, knowing that this was a development year. This was an evaluation year. See how things play out. See how guys develop. See if you know if anybody really steps up. Anybody really falters. You see what the Pirates do, and I think like I, I want to see them 
Uh, I like when they make hard decisions. Uh, I question when they don't. So, for instance, I liked how they had a time frame for Alford to turn it around. When he didn't, DFA. Same with Fowler. The Crick cut. Um, DFA and Crick was was surprising, but I also get it. And I'm kind of glad that they did it. You know, Crick had moments. 2000, was it 2018? He had... He looked really good. 2019, he looked like he lost it. Last year, limited limited uh, numbers, but he uh, it didn't look like he had it. This year, beginning of the season, looked like he had it going on, and then he lost it. Uh, it was interesting for me. You know, it was good to see that Ben Sherrington, are, they're fine with realizing, hey, This guy is probably not going to get it. We need to clear roster spots. Um, He's not going to be part of the future. And with the way he's pitching, I'm not going to get anything from him or out of him via trade. Um, Now, they still could. Like, he's still in that limbo period. So they very well could could pick somebody up. Probably not much. Uh, But... He could end up elsewhere via trade, or somebody could claim him, and that's fine by the Pirates at this point. Um, the hard decisions that I feel like they haven't made that they should revolve around people like Kai Tom. Now, he is hurt right now, I realize that, but he provided no value to this team for since he came up. He had like a couple good games couple good at-bats, a couple home runs, but man, not a whole lot aside from that. It's a few walks. So, why is he still there? You know, what about him is making them hold on to him and keep him around? Who knows? Um, But overall, you know, I think I think Sherrington has shown that he's he has a line, and when they've seen enough, they'll move on. Um, just not on Kai Tom. <laughs> you know, Todd Fraser, sure, we've seen enough. Kai Tom can't get enough of him. Uh, so I mean. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of roster shakeup, not just via trade. Um, I think that throughout the system, we're going to see a lot of roster shakeup here in the second half of the season, and that's pretty standard. But with the Pirates, it just seems different this year. You know, with AAA being void of, you know, real major league talent, like there's a handful, but generally. I mean, I don't really feel like I need to see T.J. Rivera come up. Um, you know, I... Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like I need to see Matt Eckelman in the bullpen this year. I feel like I kind of know how that might go. And I'm not a professional scout, so... Uh, you know, if I know it and I feel that, 
you know, the, you know, it's probably not going to go well. Um, you know, that's, you know, I, I want to see what happens. I want to see the shakeup. I want to see at the end of the season where the, all the pieces fall, uh, when it ends. And that will give a really good idea to really clear, uh, really clear up the picture as to what everything looks like next year. Uh, next year could, you know, it could be really interesting. It could be very similar to this year. You know, some prospects, but waiting for others to develop. Uh, and, you know, they won't have the roster spot to, like, randomly pick people up next year. They're going to have to protect really good prospects. Um, so the days of just, you know, picking up uh, random guys here and there, like, you know, Fowler and uh, Kai Tom and, you know, getting holding on to three potentially three Rule 5 picks uh, on your big league roster. Those days are done. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think next year, you know, they're going to get about the top top five pick in the Rule 5 draft, most likely, and they'll probably try it. It's going to be a lot harder, I think, next year for that person to stick just because of the roster crunch that they're going to be in. So, uh, yeah. A lot of ball left. Not a whole lot of time here before the trade deadline. I would expect things to really heat up here in the next couple of days. Uh, start to people start to players start to move uh, a little bit more, and then as we come down to the wire next Friday, uh, you know that'll be the first round, the first wave of you know of clarity. Probably not going to do a whole lot. <laughs> not going to clear too many things up, but it, it will clear. It will clear some things up and give us a, a better picture as to some of the work that the Pirates have to do. To, you know, with the roster to finish the season and then beyond going into uh, next year and you know protecting who they need to protect from the Rule Five. So, you know, with the, the second half of the season, like I've talked about, you know, the, the, the main thing that I want to see is, is how this roster plays out. And I, I've said that. Um, I'm also hopeful that you can kind of see a little bit more of a clear plan um, from ben, ben Sherrington. Now, we get, like, what they're doing. Like, they're we loaded the, the system with prospects. Um had a great draft. So the, the talent that he's been able to bring in to this team so far is is unbelievable. And, you know, he'll continue to add through the trade deadline. Um, where I'm, what I'm curious to see is if we see any more of these waiver claims or the minor trades to bring in guys um, um, like... Uh, Nagowski or um, Kai Tom or um, uh, any of those the pitchers that they brought in recently like Dylan Peters or even like a Kyle uh, Kyle Keller um, you know they were just grabbing guys and D, D Strange Gordon even to another another point there you know are they going to continue to bring in um any more of these veterans that are, you know, DFA'd and are they going to do more waiver claims? Um, 
that's been the most puzzling thing for me with the Pirates this year. And I talked about it a couple episodes ago. When they added Nagowski, I mean, not a whole lot of sense there. Um, you know, when, with, you know, with Tom and, um, you know, going out and getting even, like, yeah, like, holding on to guys. Like, will they DFA some of these guys sooner rather than later? I mean, is, you know, is Phil, Ev- or is, is Phil Evans, you know, are his days number? Because really... You know, if Eric Gonzalez, when he comes back, you have a utility guy, and you also have one in default. Like, you have two guys that can play anywhere. So, so what do you do? Um, I'll be interested to see if there's a stop to, like, all these little minor waiver claims. Like, like you know, the little trade for cash, like the Dylan Peters thing. Um you know, where does that stop? Because, honestly, you don't normally see a whole lot of talent uh, on the waiver wire. You're guys that have run out of chances or, you know, were fringe to begin with, like Kyle Keller or Dylan Peters. Um, you know, how many more moves like that are we going to see? I don't think we should see too many, to be honest with you. Um, I'll be be interested to see if, if they continue to make those moves um, with the upcoming roster crunch that, that I've been talking about. So, see what happens there. Uh, so, that's the episode for today. I could keep going on and on about, like, what I'd like to see in the second half, but I think really, like, the, the main point that, you know, I'm trying to, I was trying to get across and, and really kind of focus on was the roster. You know what? Where does it end? Like, who stay? Who who makes it through the trade deadline? Who have they seen enough of already? Like a Trevor Cahill when he comes back from um, the injured list is you know is he automat is he one of those guys that's automatically just gonna be gone because you can't trade him? You know he, he hasn't really done much of anything to warrant thinking hey we'll keep him for you know goodwill. And bring him back next year on another one-year deal. I don't think he's worth that. Um, so I'm excited to see some of these guys come off the IL. Uh, see Oviedo get some more uh, chances. Uh, see Sam Howard come back. Hopefully Sam Howard can come back and, and produce. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, plenty of season left. So uh, thank you for listening. You know, I appreciate it every time, you, you know, I see a, a new person uh, listen to the podcast if you like it and you think others might like it let let them know leave me a review on uh, whatever uh, platform you listen to the podcast on I appreciate the feedback um, you know check me out on social media on Twitter at Bucko Fever Pod uh, pretty active on Twitter uh, haven't <laughs> haven't been lately I've been you know, personal note I got in, uh, promoted at my job. So it's been a, uh, a lot more work. Uh, so I, 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 it's been good for me, but also has uh, limited some of my extra time that I, that I may have had before. Uh, but check me out on Twitter at Bucko Fever Pod. Uh, Facebook, Bucko Fever Podcast. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. I don't really do a whole lot on there, but you can check me out there. Uh, and then, as always, the Bucko, BuccoFeverPodcast.com. It's the website. 
it's a work in progress. So uh, if I do post something new, you know, you can either subscribe or feel free to just, you know, follow me on Twitter. Uh, I post anytime there's a new thing on Twitter. Um, I also like to share other people's uh, work. Um, there's a lot of good people out there that give a, a, a fair uh positive but also critical when they need to be critical uh look at the pirates and what they're doing so follow me bucko fever pod on twitter for any of those updates and any of that information so again i can't thank you enough for listening and you know have a good one